This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Raise Your Game. Do most employees generally enjoy freedom in the workplace? Are they really free to be themselves and let their true personalities shine forth? Do they have the freedom to reach objectives in the ways they see fit or the freedom to keep non-traditional hours and work from home? Are they allowed to exercise their creativity in how to get a job done or to be able to give an opinion and feedback about the company and the way it does business without fear? It's Medeca Week and what could be more apt than to explore freedom in the workplace? So it's the last Monday of the month and as usual, we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham on Razor Games Tools for Transformation Series. So very apt, huh? Merdeka, Merdeka. Uh, how would you define freedom at the workplace, Sheila? Well, um, in a nutshell, it's actually about having the power to shape your work environment in ways that allow you to perform at your best. So one of the premier things I would say is to have the freedom from fear. You know, so that, um, you know, in a fear-free environment, employees have the confidence of being able to give feedback um, without fear of repercussions or uh, in unsavory consequences, right? So the the whistleblower and then the one who sees bad practices to be able to feed it back. So to be free from fear. Mm. And then we've got employee autonomy, meaning the employee chooses the way he wants to do his work, where he wants to do it, when he wants to do it. So all he's concerned about is to be sure that he meets the deliverables that are expected of him. All right? So, um, and then there's team autonomy, where you have teams that are formed. You have someone who's in charge in a supervisory role, and the teams go and do whatever they are supposed to do with minimum interference mm. from above. Right? right, And then you've got managerial autonomy. And here's the thing. Many middle managers in Malaysia do not have the freedom to make decisions. They do not have the freedom to decide on incentives and rewards for their people or to decide, you know, how work should be done. And, you know, to be even um, deciding whether, okay, last night you guys worked till midnight. Today, just take your time and come in at 11. They don't even have the freedom to do that. I once worked in a company where I worked till 2 a.m. in the morning preparing a proposal. And I was expected to be there the next day at 8 o'clock to go and do a presentation to the client. And after the presentation was over at 11 o'clock, I wasn't even told that I could go back and rest. I was expected to go back and show up at the office. And I thought, I mean, seriously, how do you exploit and take advantage of people like this? Mm. You know, so to be able to give, a manager should be able to give people the freedom to say, hey, you've really worked in the weekends and all that, right? Off the record, off the books, take a day off. Right. You know, yeah. And and so, and even probably when the, the manager says that, you probably don't want to. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or if you do, but it's just like, wow, so nice. Yeah. I, might, I think I'll just stay on, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. that sort of feeling. Right? Exactly. It feels good mm. to realize that all your You're efforts. Appreciated. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. So right. what are the advantages of an, to an organization of giving employees autonomy or freedom? Well, at the end of the day, you are going to get employees who are happier and more engaged. Now, all of us like to have freedom in some way or other. Freedom is something that's very highly prized amongst most people. Huh? And um, 
So when you give people freedom to do work the way they want to, when they want to, you're actually showing them that you trust them. Mm. And I think we've spoken before on how trust is actually a very, very valuable currency in the workplace. When you trust people, people sort of want to rise up to that and, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, validate that trust that you have in them. So what happens is when people are happier, they feel trusted, they feel appreciated, the productivity will increase. Um, work-life balance is there because, you know, sometimes sometimes people don't need to stay in the office for eight hours, nine hours. You have your nine to six schedule. Now, if I finish all my tasks for the week, mm. uh, say on Thursday at uh, two o'clock or three o'clock, why can't I just take the rest of the day off and go back and do my own stuff? Mm. Have some sort of a balance, you know? Today, there's so many issues going on in the workplace. Uh, employees are pressured, uh, going through depression and trauma and all this sort of thing. It's because of the stress and pressure of the workplace. Mm. So I think if you give them a bit of leeway, they'll be so much more appreciative so that time that they are there working, they're going to be so much more productive. Another thing also, you get innovation. Okay, you get creativity because people feel free to come explore, up and explore, yeah. give you new ideas. There's transparency, there's reciprocity, mm. meaning that people are just so willing to come back and give and give and give more to the company because you are giving me this. So I'm happy to come and give you like, you know, it doesn't mean that if you're giving them freedom to work from nine to three, that every day they're just going to do that. Mm. They might just stay the cause and, you know, work beyond and above the expectation because they feel so validated. Right. And ultimately, you get a lot of loyalty as well. Mm. Trust actually breeds a lot of, um, it, it brings about a lot of really sound values in people. Right. Okay, yeah, you know, right. and, and I know that freedom and flexibility is a very important value for me. A, a realization that came later on, but my actions in my earlier days, when I, uh, I had two job offers then to join a bank, an uh, uh, American bank, or to work for IBM. So I remember that time when I was offered these two job, uh, these two jobs, and the bank was offering me so much more. Um, and at that time, when you just sort of like move to a new career and you're thinking of buying a house, well, if I work for the bank, I'll get a, <laughs> I'll get a bank loan, loan and, and those sort of things, right? And I was also a part-time TV news reader then, and and it's not something you can hide. Like it's a part-time <laughs> job that you're on TV. And I remember speaking to the bank, and the bank says, "I said, do you have an issue that I work for this? For I work for the t- uh, for a TV station?" And they said, "Yes, it is an issue. People think that we don't pay you enough." Mm. Mm. So okay, right. Mm. Um, and then when I when I when IBM off asked me, I said I told them about this, and they said, "Yeah, no problem." And then and there, I was thinking, "Wow!" Before I've signed the dotted line, that's the kind of organization you are. You know, it was very easy, and it, it was very easy. It wasn't very easy to make the decision then, but looking back right now, it was such a, such a right decision. What what value was important to me? Uh, that's so true, and that that's one reason why I stepped out ten years ago and decided to be my own boss. Right. So I, I mean, I, I was working. I'm I'm very I'm very blessed. I've worked mm. with different kinds uh, with with really good organizations. But nowadays, do you think employees have enough freedom at the workplace? Uh, I really don't think so. Even today, mm. with so much of you know um, ability to work uh, offsite and things like that. Uh, I don't think so. Every time I speak to employees across the board, whenever I do training or coaching, one thing that comes across is that there's so much of control going on in organizations that so much of, you know, 
they, they feel so stifled. You know, creativity-wise, they feel stifled. The ability to voice out opinions, they feel very stifled. Um, many times, employees are not given an opportunity to even speak to the higher-ups in the organization because there's so much of hierarchy. You know, so much. Actually, I don't think CEOs mean to sit in an ivory tower and be removed, you know, isolated. But I think sometimes the structure of the organization is such that they go there and then they have all these little Napoleons who like to isolate them. Mm. And so people can't get past the front door of the, C- the, the door of the CEO to say, hey, I got this idea or, you know, it seemed they might be also be told that, um, you know, don't be so forthcoming and don't think you're too clever and things like that. So um, you do get some sort of freedom, empowerment, autonomy at the higher levels of an organization. Maybe at director level, you get a bit more. La. But mm. that's basically about it right. in most companies in Malaysia. And why do you think employees don't get enough freedom in the workplace? Back to trust. Well, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things, yeah, trust. Trust is a big thing, you know. And I, I always wonder, we, we are told never to assume someone is guilty. Uh, guilty until he's proven such. Mm. You know, think of people as innocent until we're proven guilty. In the same place, why do we project mistrust? We project onto the, the employee that, Ayo, I give him a bit of leeway and freedom, huh? he's just going to go and abuse it and climb over my head and all that. When you have that sort of attitude and you project it onto your employees, then what, you know, it's a what self-fulfilling prof- yeah, exactly. prophecy, right? Mm. So that's one thing. You don't trust people enough, right? You, you go into the workplace as a manager with this attitude of, I can't trust them until they've proven themselves, right? Next thing, of course, as I mentioned before, there's too much of hierarchy. People can't get close to the people in the higher positions to tell them what's happening at ground level. But the fact of the matter is uh, um, CEOs, uh, you know, senior executives, they actually need to be going down to grassroots levels to find out what's actually happening because those are the people who are in touch with mm. ma- many of the stakeholders, the customers, and so on, right? Mm. Okay. Another thing is, um, so you, you, another thing you have to ask management to examine today is what are your beliefs la, yeah. about people in general, okay? If you've got negative beliefs about people, then, and sometimes, you know, you've had negative experiences with people whom you've trusted and they, you know, and they've let you down and then put you into trouble and all that. So you've got to ask yourself, are you carrying the baggage from there into your present position? Another thing is, of course, insecurity. Insecurity in the part of the leaders. I don't want to let go because I'm scared. I'm scared that if you um, sort of mess up, you know, that the staff or the employee below them messes up, then they will have to bear the brunt of it because that's an accountability. And and also insecure in the sense that um, if the fel- if the person is given freedom to come up with ideas and test new things and experiment and all that, he might come out to appear to be more knowledgeable and better than you, ma. Mm. Then uh, if that happens, uh, you know what happens is that you 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 feel that they're showing you up, la. You might be afraid that they might surpass you. If you're you. insecure. If you're insecure, mm. right? And then again, I said fear of delegating. And here's the thing. Many uh, companies, they feel that they need to get their money's worth. So... <laughs> You know, I'm paying you to be here in the office from 9 to 5. Let so, me see how much blood I can ah, squeeze up from you. That's right, blood, sweat and tears I can squeeze from you. So sit here until 5. But, you know, if I'm here till 7, you also better be here till 7, you know. So um, it, it doesn't make sense. Are you paying the employee for the 
time that he's putting in in the office, are, or are you playing, paying him for his expertise, his creativity, for the results, for the results that he gets? Right. Yeah. We're talking about giving employees freedom at work. We'll continue our conversation uh, with Sheila Singham from Human Equation after this. BFM 89.9. Bigotry Free Malaysia. BFM. 89.9. This is Race Again. Good morning. Frida Liu here. It's our Tools for Transformation series. Uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation is here because it is the last Monday of the month and it's also the Monday leading up to Merdeka. Uh, our topic today is giving employees freedom at work. Now, why has it uh, become more important today to give employees freedom at work uh, compared with previous generations? Well, there's a new wave of sort of employees coming into the workforce they've already come in and are actually now at like sort of middle or in some companies you know startups and all at senior management positions I think you everyone knows who they are they're the millennials huh? mm. and their their value system is very different from the rest of us uh, baby boomers and gen x and all that we would you know allow companies to squeeze the last drop of blood from us you know the old timers yeah. you know will work mm. no work life balance to the extent Sometimes you go home and children don't recognize you and say, who's that auntie, you know? <laughs> you know, it's happened before. But the millennials are different breed. They are most the most, probably among the most clued in generation currently yeah, of our times. And they, they know so much more. And they have access to so much of information. I mean, I know I live with two millennials. Whenever I'm blur about something, I don't understand something. They just, you know, that just sort of like... In a few seconds, they they get the information for me and go like, "Ma, you didn't know that, you know." So, uh, it it kind of um, the, these people are very clued in, very intelligent, very savvy, and very hungry. Mm. They're very hungry for appreciation. They're very hungry for recognition. You know, to make their mark in the world and so on. So, at the end of the day, um, we we really need to. Feed that 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 hunger that they have. Okay, they want to contribute. They're brimming with ideas. Sometimes you will have the young one who's just been there like six months, saying, "Hey, I got an idea about this," and all he needs is for someone to say, "You just here." Yeah. You know okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you say go for it, this guy is just going to run, you know, in that organization. He's just going to grow. He's going to contribute. He's going to feel so valued and validated. And he will just, you know, give you that way you really get your money's worth, you know. Mm. But the minute you go, you know, hello, we've been doing it this way for years. You don't think you're very smart. Just fresh out of college trying to tell us what to do. Mm. And what do you do? You stifle his creativity. After a while, he says, you know what? I'm not... I'm not growing over here. I, I can't breathe over here. I can't create. I can't innovate. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, also very interesting with that comment, you know, when people say, oh, it w- didn't work before. And I'm I'm very conscious right now when, when that happens that sometimes something that didn't work before was wrong timing. Absolutely. And it could work now because the timing is different, right? Situations huh. have changed and right. people have changed. So, so um, and that's a, it's a, it's a thing that I would say it didn't work before. It, it's the thing that I would, so it's like, wait, will it work differently now? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, true. Yeah, so what strategies can companies implement to give their employees more freedom at work? Okay, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to orientate the thinking of the management, okay? There needs to be coaching and training to teach management that 
you don't expect people to just come in here and adapt 100% to your way of doing things. You also need to find out what the people want and then adapt to their way of doing things. They are your stakeholders. They are your internal customers, right? So that's one thing. Another thing is you need to start with recruitment. You need to get people in with the right attitude and values that will make autonomy or giving freedom uh, uh, you know, a possibility and a pleasure, all right? So you must make that a pivotal part of employee messaging and employee employer branding. You must sort of tell people, send the word out there, and you come here, you get a chance to, you know, give your mm. ideas, innovate, and that sort of thing. Number two, you need to probably relinquish the nine-to-five. Now, I understand certain organizations can't do that, especially when you are you know, working across borders globally and all that. You, But if you're having shift system and all that, you, you could find a way to make it more um, viable to give people a work-life balance. But, you know, 9 to 5. Yeah. Why 9 to 5? Mm. Why can't I come and work, say, 10 to 6? Mm. Or why can't I work 11 to 6, work right through my lunch break if I so choose? Mm. You know, so that that thinking has to go. Another thing is give staff choices. And now allow them to select the industries or clients that they're passionate about because that's where they'll really shine, right? Mm. So, and offer opportunities outside their scope of work or field of expertise. Um, especially young people today, they just want to keep learning. I've done this already, I'm good at it, and now I'm going to do something else. So give them an opportunity to maybe do um, cross-functional work. So you you got your own work, but maybe once a week you go somewhere and give some ideas. You know, it doesn't mean that you can only give ideas within your scope of work. Sometimes ideas coming from outside, huh? from someone who is not from that milieu, is all the more uh, right. valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Next is you need to allow for mistakes. I mean, you start people delegating and empowering people at a small level first and then when they show themselves capable of delivering then you increase the responsibility slowly you don't just take the fella and dump him into the pool and ask him to swim because then if he sinks then you're accountable you know so you got to sort of coach and teach so the coaching and teaching and training sort of culture needs to be very firmly established in the organization so that's like providing people the tools to manage other people and to be able to know how to empower them mm-hmm. and continue uh, ensure that that is sustainable and then the tools need to be given to the people that you are empowering as well like you know you you want them to work in their own time and all that you got to give them some time management skills you need to teach them to prioritize their tasks and so on right mm-hmm. And allow employees to do things differently. I um, I'm a big believer of the CEO coming down once a month, you know, and having an idea. What I call them idea incubators. Just have a brainstorming session. Randomly pull some people, old guys, young guys, and motley crew of people. Put them in the room and then just brainstorm an idea. See, mm-hmm. we got a problem. Brainstorm it and let everybody contribute. Because when people feel that their ideas, their contributions are being valued and utilized and implemented. They have a sense of ownership. Mm. And when you have a sense of ownership, then productivity goes up because this is my company. Mm. 
not yeah. the CEOs, you know? Mm. Mm. Can you give some examples of uh, some companies that have introduced these strategies and what has been the impact uh, on the people? Okay. One obvious company would be the one everyone wants to work for, like Google, uh. right? Six years running, they've been ranked by Fortune as the best company to work for. Now, one of the things they do is they give comp- employees the time to work and pitch their own projects. All right, so the freedom to go out there and innovate, come back and pitch, and the, the great ones you know that are feasible are taken and implemented. So companies have a sense of excitement, you know, recognition, their input creativity is being recognized. Um, another one is Spotify. Spotify has more than 2,000 employees, and they are all um, sort of organized into agile teams. These teams are called squads, <laughs> right? So cute. And then they are very, they're self-organizing. They're also cross-functional, and they are also decentralized, meaning that you know, everyone doesn't have to be in one big office like that. Right. You can have your squads working from wherever. Each squad is accountable for a discrete aspect of the product. Which it owns from conception, from cradle ah, to grave. It's, it's been like, a bit like us here in our different shows as well. We call ourselves cells, though. Ah, just like the jihadists. That's nice. <laughs> and then you know, in, and more close, more recently, I found I, I I sort of got to know about a company here, mm. small little boutique company, which has started an experiment in autonomy. So what they did is like they told the staff, okay, we expect you to be in the office three days a week. You got to come in from nine to say about two, three days a week for meetings and all that. The other two days you can work from wherever you want, but only condition is you have to be um, we contactable, have to be contactable at all times from and, and, and deliver and deliver. So if you deliver, we're not going to catch out you. So they are in the process of now. So what they're going to do after this is look at get the client feedback mm. to see if service levels have been you know affected or are they better or right. what. If it's better, then they're probably going to implement it as part of their policy. I think it'd be so great. You'd be attracting. You'd be attracting talent. That's right. Right. Yeah. Now, what are some of the pitfalls of giving people more freedom? <laughs> sure, got pitfalls. Of course, got pitfalls, la. There mm. will be people who will abuse the <laughs> system and just try to get by with just doing enough, you know, sort of like, you know, earning just enough, la, their money's worth. There will mm. always be people who try to beat the system like that. <laughs> So maybe these are the people that, you know, don't understand the concept. Maybe a bit of attention, coaching, um, you know, mentoring might do the trick to sort of align, realign their mindset, right? Okay, so this is how we mitigate this. Uh, so some people, some employees also uh, do better with more supervision. Mm. Some employees don't want the supervision. So you have two types of people. You have the internally driven, the externally driven. Internally driven people usually don't need that much supervision. They're so driven towards their goals and meeting their goals that they're the people who even when they go home, they'll be working overtime. I got one at home like that. She'll be working till 2, 3 in the morning, even though, you know, a company has stolen, like, you know, just relax. You can deliver it next week, but no, I want to deliver it this week. So some people are driven like that. But you got the externally driven ones. They constantly need feedback on their performance. Mm. So what happens when there's too much autonomy or if they are not prepped up properly yeah, um, or, or given a sort of the infrastructure where when you know, you know, you're know stuck or you need help where to go and all that, they can get a bit lost and then, then get a bit demotivated, right? Mm. 
Uh, another pitfall is sometimes if you have a crisis in the company, it's a bit hard. Is everyone's uh, all over the place to you know decentralize? It's very hard to pull them all together and mm. and um, you know to to make a decision. And of course, if the culture of the company is not ready for this, then you it's going to be chaos and right. it's going to be disaster. And sometimes people who are team players. So you got two types of people again: people who lo- work very well in teams and people who work well as individuals. individuals. Like someone like me, I work very well, I work best alone. Mm. So I never feel like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't have like 100 people in the office to go and chit chat with. I, I, uh, but there are some people who miss that. You know, so if you're work, you're autonomous, you're working alone, you have freedom, you're sitting somewhere in some cafe and then you didn't go to the office for I three or four days. I need a bit of days. both. Yeah. I, Most I, people do need a bit, a bit of both. both, you know. So if you're used to that, and also, yeah. I've, I've had that, that uh, a privilege of being able to work alone for the longest time. It was, it, was, it was a different point in my life when I was working from home and so that I could look at my son mm. and smell him. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that, I hope he's not hearing this. <laughs> so that priority was more important then. Uh, uh, but then, of course, you know, later on, different stages in your life and then you look at different things. But I find that I do get that energy from people as well, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I guess uh, how, how can we mitigate this then, you know? Well, is it? okay, first of all, when you want to go for freedom and autonomy and decentralized sort of working systems and all that, you need to make sure that employees have clear goals mm. and the deliverables must be clearly stated. And, you know, uh, regularly there must be sort of um, meetings where you touch base to check on the status of the work, yeah? And then firm boundaries should be established of what is acceptable and what is not. If, like, say I've told you you have to come into the office twice a week, then you come into the office twice a week. Like, nah, I want to see your face there, you know what I mean? So don't like, try and beat the system and do something else. Uh, lines of responsibility and accountability for each person in the team or department must be clearly outlined. The consequences of non-delivery must be presented. I'm giving you this. And if you deliver, fine. If you don't, then I'm going to have to take it back and you got to be coming in and going through the, the normal way of doing things, right? Then again, the coaching, training regularly. And of course, you need to have effective recognition and reward schemes. So those who exceed the targets and meet the targets, come up with new ideas, you, 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 you need to give them different recognition and rewards. Right. Don't just base your recognition and rewards on the same old, same old, oh, I met my KPIs, you know, I, I got a scoring of this, so I'm getting extra, so many bonus. What about I may not have met my deadlines 100% of the time, but I gave like, say, Five new creative ideas that save the company money. What about giving me something for that? Mm. You know, a reward for that. <laughs> Say, if the, if I save the company one million, maybe how about I get a reward of right. like ten percent for that, or what? No, even one percent for that. So to cope, like you know what I mean. Mm. Mm. So and I guess it's like uh, in the case of the leader, it's a situational leadership because it's different for different people. Yes, uh, and different incentives for different people. Yes, uh, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, that's okay. why I mentioned earlier the leaders need to be trained before, or you know, to be coached and trained mm. and to to set up that mindset before they can do this. Now, for employees who have had the benefit of such freedom, how do they stay on track? One of the first things you need to do is clarify your expectations of your employer or your superior on a regular basis so that you don't fall short. 
All right. So there needs to be that. Even if you're told, okay, you can work, uh, you know, remotely from wherever you are, and just we communicate with um, on on Skype or whatever it is. It is still good to once a week at least mm. go to the office and meet everyone else there because it's not just about it doing your work. Huh? It's about keeping in touch with the culture of the organization. It's about you know building that rapport and camaraderie with other people so that your ability to work together is still there. Um, operate with the highest integrity la, and be accountable for your own deliverables. If you want to be enjoy working remotely or having that freedom, you must meet your targets. You know, if you keep falling short of that, then, you know, sorry, la, it's going to be taken away from you. Then you can't question why. Then make sure you have a balance in terms of socializing. All right. That's what I said earlier. Go back to the office or at least make sure you're going out and seeing friends and all that. Like, especially if you're like in IT and doing software stuff, you can go into a, a darkened room. You can sit there for five days and not see a human being. After a while, you just come out and you feel very disoriented. Yeah. So go out, work in a cafe, meet people, have lunch with, you know, friends and things like that. Next thing is to keep abreast of latest developments in your industry. So even if it's outside your scope of work, so that, you know, at the end of the day, if you go do go into the office and a group is talking about some problem or something, you can actually pitch in. You you have the knowledge to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, on that note, a happy Merdeka to you. And same to you, Frida. Right. By the time I see you next, we would have gone through happy Merdeka and happy Malaysia Day. Uh, of course, so Sheila Singer from Human Equation uh, will be back for the last Monday of next month in our Tools for Transformation series. You've been listening to Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.